All right, and welcome to this special episode of Real Estate Fight Club. This is a series called What Would You Do? It airs every Wednesday. And here with me today is Rachel Real. Hi, Rachel. Hello, Jen. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? Fantastic. We're both so, we're both dealing with the the you know leftovers of a little you know fall virus that we're we yeah, that so happens. lucky we that, that we got. It's been great. Yes. Yeah, we both sound a little funky. <laughs> I know, right? It's pretty interesting. Right. Um, right. So what? So we in the, on this episode, we're going to talk about professional standards and ethics violations. What what case do you have for us today? So today we're going to talk about a case that's revolving around Article 3. And Article 3 of the Code of Ethics states that realtors shall cooperate with other brokers, except when cooperation is not in the client's best interest. The the obligation to cooperate does not include the obligation to share commissions, fees, or to otherwise compensate another broker. So, and we'll dig into a little bit into that as as it relates to Standard of Practice 3-2 which says any change in compensation offered for cooperative services must be communicated to the other realtor prior to the time that realtor submits an offer to purchase or lease the property. After a realtor has submitted an offer to purchase or lease property, the listing broker may not attempt to unilaterally modify the offered compensation with respect to that cooperative uh, cooperative transaction. I mean, that's pretty clear. Right, the timing at which you... You're not, there's, there's nothing that prevents you from negotiating or modifying any kind of compensation between you and another broker. You can't unilaterally do it, meaning just one-sided after a certain point in time. Okay. So we'll talk about a case here where the timing of that, is, the okay. change in that compensation is what, what the sticking point was. Okay. And if people so, want to read the case, they can go to uh, jennifermertland.com slash Bolt. And in there is a file for the, what would you do episodes? And it'll right. be in there. Okay. Yeah. Let's hear it. So, so this case that the states realtor A listed seller S's house and entered the listing into the MLS, which means there's an offer of compensation that goes along with that. Within a matter of days, realtor X procured a full price offer from buyer B. The offer specified that buyer B's offer was contingent. Oh, hold on a second here. Hold on a second here. Do, 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 Okay. Hold on. That was the, the, the wrong case popped up on my screen here. So oh, scratch that. So <laughs> start over. I'm reading it going, but it's not right. Okay. So this is, this is, this is the case we're going to talk about. Realtor A listed seller X's home and entered the listing into the MLS. Okay. The relevant MLS data field indicated the compensation Realtor A was offering to the other participants if they were successful in finding a buyer for seller X's home. So you put the property in the MLS as part of that listing, you put in there what your cooperative compensation is. Right. Right. Piece of cake. During the next few weeks, Realtor A authorized several participants of the MLS, including Realtor C, to show seller X's home to potential buyers. Although several showings were made, no offers to purchase were forthcoming. Realtor A and seller X, in discussing possible means of making the property more saleable, agreed to reduce the listed price. Very common. Realtor A also agreed to lower his commission. Oh. Realtor A changed, I know. Realtor A uh, changed his compensation offer in the field in the MLS and then called the MLS participants who had shown seller X's property to advise them that he was modifying his offer of compensation to cooperating brokers. Okay. But that sounds that's, right. That's fantastic. Right. Proactive, wonderful. And none of the realtors answered their phone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
had to leave a message. That's why we love the email, the email blast. At least oh. you can get it all out there. You know you've done it and you can track it. I okay. always like the putting it in writing so you can track it and you can show that you've done it. Upon receiving that call, Realtor C responded that he was working with Prospect Z, who appeared to be very interested in purchasing the property and who would probably make an offer to purchase in the next day or two. Realtor C indicated that he would expect to receive the compensation that had been published originally in the MLS and not the reduced amount now being offered to him since he had already shown the property to Prospect Z and expected an offer to purchase would be made shortly. Okay. Realtor A responded that since Prospect Z had not signed an offer to purchase and no offer had been submitted, the modified offer of compensation would be applicable. The following day, Realtor C wrote an offer to purchase for Prospect Z. The offer was submitted to the seller by Realtor A and was accepted. At the closing, Realtor A gave Realtor C a check for services in the amount reflecting the modified offer communicated by Realtor, to Realtor C by phone. Realtor C refused to accept the check, indicating that he felt Realtor A's actions were in violation of the Code of Ethics. Realtor C filed a complaint with the Association's Grievance Committee, alleging violation of Articles 2 and 3 on the part of Realtor A, citing Standard of Practice 3-2 in support of the charge. During the hearing, Realtor C stated that Realtor A's modification of the compensation constituted a misrepresentation through concealment of pertinent facts, since he had not provided Realtor C with specific written notification of the modification time prior to Realtor C beginning his efforts to interest the purchaser in the listed property. Oh my God. What do you think? <laughs> oh my God. This What's making my... you squirm? What's <laughs> making you squirm? <laughs> okay, let's take a short break. Let me tell you okay. about a couple of our partners. Let me gather okay. my thoughts and then... Right, gather your thoughts. All right, so the two partners I want to tell you about today are... One of them is Cyberbackers. So they are a virtual assistant company and they can help with paperwork. <laughs> they can help <laughs> with social media marketing. They can help with a variety of tasks that you yourself know that you shouldn't be doing because you're doing them instead of generating leads. So if you go to cyberbackers.com, you enter in Fight Club, you'll get a fun gift and great service. Um, and then the other partner I want to tell you about is um, my coach, John Kitchens. So I like John and like any coach, he will help you see your blind spots and help you get to where you're going faster. So if you know that you're going to be a successful real estate agent, he will help you get there faster than you can get on your own. And so go to coachcode.com because he has some cool um, new trainings and things coming available that are free right now. So coachcode.com. All right, Rachel. Yes, Jen, what made you squirm? Because of the, he called instead of put it in writing, but. Although now here's a question. Is he obligated to do either one of those? What is, how, read the code again. So the code of ethics states, realtors shall cooperate with other brokers, except when cooperation is not in the client's best interest. The obligation to cooperate does not include the obligation to share commissions, fees, or to otherwise compensate another broker. Standard of Practice 3-2 states any change in compensation offered for cooperative services must be communicated to the other realtor prior to the time that realtor submits an offer to purchase or lease the property. 
After a realtor has submitted an offer to purchase or lease a property, the listing broker may not attempt to unilaterally modify that offer of compensation with respect to that transaction. It seems like that person was notified and they, they accepted the notification because they asked a clarifying question. When the other agent asked, hey, I think that I should be compensated the original amount, he now has told everybody that he received the notice that it was changing. Now, is that provable is the question. Right. He did not put it in Alleging that he did not get it or that he just did not get it in writing. Well, his complaint is, hey, that I showed this property, say, on Monday. The, the offer of compensation was changed on, let's say, Wednesday, and he wrote the offer on a Friday. So what? So he's saying that I showed that property on Monday, and the co- cooperative compensation was X on Monday. Right. On Wednesday, it changed to Y, and now I'm going to write an offer on Yeah, Friday. but the standard says that it just has to put you on notice prior to the offer being written. Now, if Right, you- and, and my argument would be that putting you on notice means putting it in the MLS. I mean, so if I, if I show a property today and I write an offer today, part of my offer package is a, is a MLS sheet with the cooperative compensation circled as well as the date. Right. So that it is firm and clear from the very beginning what the offer of compensation is on the date that I am writing this offer. Right. Anything before that is, is it doesn't a, matter. It, does, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because so you can't, even as an agent, I can't go in and go and pull in a, pull a history of a property to show what that co-op compensation was before, right. unless for some reason I have a printout of that. Right. I just don't. Yeah. I think that, I think that although it sucks, I think it, that the listing agent seemed that he did not violate the code. Okay. So oh, no. to recap, during the hearing, Realtor C stated that Realtor A's modification of the compensation constituted a misrepresentation through concealment of pertinent facts since he had not provided Realtor C with specific written notification of the modification prior to the time Realtor C began his efforts to interest the purchaser in the listed property. Realtor A defended his actions by indicating that timely notice of the modification of compensation offered had been provided to Realtor C by telephone prior to Realtor C submitting a signed offer to purchase. Right. Realtor A also indicated that his modified letter of compensation had been bulletined to all participants, including Realtor C, through the MLS in accordance with standard of practice 3-2 prior to the time that Realtor C had submitted the signed offer to purchase. Okay, done. Realtor A also commented that Realtor C submitted the signed offer to purchase prior to Realtor A communicating the modified offer, then Realtor C would have willingly paid the amount originally offered. Right. Based on the evidence presented to it, the hearing panel concluded that Realtor A had acted in accordance with the obligations expressed in Standard of Practice 3-2 based on changing the offer of cooperative compensation in the MLS alone, even without the courtesy phone calls, mm-hmm. and consequently was not in violation of Articles 2 or 3. No. It's, you are essentially oh. put on notice once it's put in the MLS, because right. that is your, that's where you go for your information. Right. So again, when you write an offer for somebody, printing that MLS sheet out, the date you write that offer and circling the compensation as well as the date on that MLS sheet is, is should be part of your offer package. I think though, and we've done a, what would you do? Like, should the compensation be part of the offer? And no, right. Is what, right. It doesn't belong in there because they, the compensation is a contract between the agent and the buyer or the agent and the seller. 
not between the buyer and the seller. So it doesn't belong in that contract. Because that compensation is, is, a, is a contract between you and, the, and, your, and your client. Right. And you're not a party to the contract between the two parties. To That's true. That, that makes sense. It just feels right. like, though, it's part of the overall consideration of the offer. But then I guess- it, And I would argue that it is. is. Right, mm-hmm. it is. It is. And if you as a buyer's agent, or if you as a buyer have to pay your buyer's agent, you know, a, a portion or all of their compensation, using that portion of the contract that asks for closing cost credits is where you would do that. Mm-hmm. Because then you have your contract between yourself as the buyer's agent and your buyer that says, this is what I'm owed. And the way the buyer is going to get that is through that, that, uh, that, that request for, right. If they don't want to pay it out of pocket, if they want exactly. to wrap it into their loan or if they. Right. Right. If they want the seller to effectively give them the money to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. That makes sense. So, and again, this, the, the phone call that this agent made was a courtesy phone call. He had no you know what, Rachel, though, you know, what really happened. He showed up property on Monday. He was supposed to write it up on Monday. He didn't write it up until Wednesday. And in between then, the conversation changed and he got pissed. That's what really right. happened. It's entirely possible. Look, don't be mad at me because you're dumb. <laughs> well, and you never know. I mean, it's a lesson too. You just never know whether or not a comp- compensation is going to change. Just because it is X today doesn't mean it's going to be X until the, for the entire duration of the Right, lesson. that's not right. Exactly. Anything can change. That was a good one. Well, Rachel, if people have a referral for you in Chicago, what is the best way to get a hold of you? Best way to reach me is by cell phone at 630-542-8688 via email at rreal at dealwithreal.com or on Facebook. Awesome. Thanks, Rachel. You are welcome. Have a good one, Jen. See ya.